We come to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. We hear he is the wizard of wiz, if ever a wiz there was. If ever, oh, ever a wiz there was, the wizard of Oz is one because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does. Oh, yes. The wonderful things Aussie footballer Matthew Leckie's done to get his team through to the FIFA Football World Cup Final 16, earning his team the nickname The Wizards of Oz, plus why are Kiwi refs in hot water at the World Cup in Qatar. We'll ask whether there's too much cricket on the calendar. Sacrilege! I won't stand for it! And we weigh in on the Blackfern stat attack cards. Kia ora I'm Zoe George and this is The Podium. Sports news, but not as you know it, from Stuff. They've been called the Wizards of Oz. The Australian football team, the Socceroos, have made it through to the FIFA Football World Cup round of 16, knocking out the highly favoured Danish team this morning. Across it all is stuffed sports reporter Phil Rollo. Kia ora, Phil. Hey, Zoe. Are we allowed to cheer for Aussie now? Yeah, you probably can. I know um, some fans are a bit divided over whether they should, but without New Zealand there and considering the the run they're on, going through the last 16, um, yeah, might as well jump on the bandwagon, I think. They came up against Denmark, um, and that's a team that's ranked 10th in the world. And to be honest, like Australia... No one expected anything from from them heading into this World Cup. Like, even just qualifying for the World Cup seemed like um, they sort of exceeded expectations. But um, yeah, Matthew Leckie, he's a a player who plays for for Melbourne City in, in the A League. Um, played against the Phoenix just a few weeks ago. Um, he scored a goal in the the 60th minute, a pretty incredible solo goal where he sort of dribbled through a few defenders and um, yeah, and, and put Australia in front and. Um, they they hung on and, and got the win and they're, they're through to the last 16. It, it's pretty incredible, really. I mean, this is only the second time in, in their history that, it, that it's ever happened. Wow. Well, can they continue on their winning ways? Who do they play next? Well, they're going to have to continue their giant killing ways because Lionel Messi and Argentina await in the next round on, um, on Sunday morning, which... Um, to be honest, like they don't really stand too much of a chance. I, I, I must admit. I mean, it would be one of the biggest shocks. We've seen Argentina suffer a defeat to Saudi Arabia at the start of the tournament. This would be an even bigger shock if, if Australia beat them. But I think for Australia to to come up against Messi in a knockout game of a World Cup, it's just going to be such a, a massive occasion in Australia. And um, I must admit, I'm a wee bit jealous. You know, back here in New Zealand, without the All Whites being at the World Cup. Seems like we're sort of missing out on on those sort of big games to have a team to to root for, but um, yeah, I, I don't think Australia have too much of a chance of being completely honest. But um, what an occasion for for them! What an occasion! Okay, so we're at the stage of the competition that's all knockout. Who's in good form? Who can progress through? I still think the team that looks the best to go the whole way is Brazil. Um, they've still got another game in, in the group to to come against Cameroon, but. Yeah, I think of all the big guns, they've looked the most convincing. You know, they've had two wins over Serbia and Switzerland. Their big problem, though, was their star player, Neymar. He got injured in the, the first game, hurt his ankle, and he posted a, a photo of a very, very swollen-looking ankle on social media. And um, having done a couple of ankle injuries before in, in football, when they are that big, um, it doesn't look like something that you're going to come back from in, in the space of just a couple of weeks. So how they can kind of deal without their star man, they've got so much attacking quality in the, the Brazil squad, but he is the best player. And if he's not back, you know, I think that that could be just the, the one thing that, that may count against them. Mm, interesting times. And what's the go with Kiwi ref Matt Conga? Yeah, so a bit of a funny one. Um, yeah, Matt got the... 
the whistle for the game between France and Tunisia this morning. Um, and I'm sure a few Australians probably would have been a bit surprised when Tunisia took took a 1-0 lead um, because, yeah, if Denmark had scored, that could have um, had some ramifications for them. But, um, yeah, France pulled a goal back right at the end. Um, but Matt Conga disallowed the goal. Um, sort of after VAR intervention, he went over to the sideline and had a look on the monitor and, and spotted an offside. So... Tunisia held on and, and got a 1-0 win, and although they haven't made it through, um, you know, that's a pretty famous result, beating France at a World Cup. That's the, the defending champions. So, um, yeah, Matt Conger, he could be a popular man in Tunisia this morning. <laughs> Whole new fan base. Uh, Phil Rolou, thanks so much. Lots of action happening. More to come. We look forward to chatting with you next week. Cool. Thanks, Zoe. Go away, come again another day so we can play cricket. The Black Caps experienced another washout last night against India in their final one-day game at Hagley Oval. But is November the right time to play cricket? And is there just too much of it? Former international cricketer who helped establish the Cricket Players Association, former selector turned entrepreneur and husband of one of the most epic netballers ever, Benice Meni, Dion Nash, welcome to the podium. Thank you. What an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Always on the podium. Uh, the whole series for for the Black Caps has been a washout with a few moments of light, including top order batter Tom Latham stunning 145 not out a few days ago. Is November the wrong time of year to be playing cricket in New Zealand now? Well, it certainly has been this year, hasn't it? I mean, I, I think this is a little unprecedented. I think that um, the weather pattern has just been a crazy one. What is it, El Nino or, or whichever it is? I can never get it right. But um, it certainly seems like one in ten years of, uh, event, really. It's not normally as as wet. But um, I think we, we have to sort of take a little bit when we can at the moment. You know, we're not um, uh, the top of the tree in terms of attracting those big teams. So when it, India comes, I think we've got to take them when we can. Indian series, New Zealand soil always brings in the big bucks. It's a big earner for cricket. So is it just a money grab? <laughs> well, the reality of the, of the world is in professional sport is you need the TV rights and you need to be tapping into those big um, you know, revenue streams and India is the biggest one. So yes, it is, but it's also being practical and it's also, you know, it's great to see that talent and particularly with the, the advent of T20, you know, India of all the places in the world is developing so many young superstars. It's nice to see them come down here and play and it also exposes our young players to that large audience. So it actually makes our players more valuable over over time as well. The Black Caps don't play on home soil until February against England and Sri Lanka, which means no Boxing Day test in New Zealand. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it seems like a long, long time to wait, doesn't it? But um, hopefully we've all deserved a, a January off, I, I guess. It's been a long year. I don't know about you, though, but um, it feels like it's been a long year. But, yeah, it, it's a strange – it definitely feels like a strange schedule for the Black Caps. It feels like a, a little bit stop-start, a little bit like November has been, I think, um, you know, but – you know, I, I just I sort of hark back to that Tom Latham innings that we watched. You know, I, I, that's probably one of the top five innings I've seen for, from a black cap. Uh, you know, that was sort of so special. And I, to, to sort of not be able to just back that up and watch it, watch it again and again over the next couple of months is a, is a little bit of a shame because he, 
you know, um, who knows what form he'll be in, in in February, but he's certainly running hot right now. Oh, it was just uh, incredible, you know, and that partnership as well. Kane Williamson, 94, not out. It's always nice to see them get off to a good start, right? Is there too much cricket? Is there such a thing as too much cricket? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think it's, it's one of those things. I think um, yes and no. There's a lot of forms now, T20, T, you know, one-day internationals, test matches. Um, to me, the test matches against the top sides is still the pinnacle and, and it's really where you see where we really stand in the world, you know, our standings, you know, test match against England or Australia, South Africa, India, all those top sides, you really sort of test where you're at and, and, and how good our side is. In the shorter form, I think um, 50 over seems to have taken a back seat in importance. I think T20 is um, maybe in the players' eyes sort of overtaken a little bit. Um, so there may be some question marks around that, but it, to me, it's still a better version than T20. To, as an old dinosaur that I am, um, Zoe, I think the T20 just lacks a little bit of the, the 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 part of cricket that I love. You know, the ability to overcome, the ability to to see out a spell, that one-on-one competition between a batter and a bowler. You know, I think um, we've turned it slightly more into a, you know a baseball scenario where the bowlers just you know trying to bowl six um, pitches almost. Um, so it's 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 a different game, um, and it, but it's but it's de- definitely increasing the skill level and making the other forms of the game more attractive, I think. You know, I mean, you know, chasing down 400 in a test match now to win is, um, that was way out of the the realm of possibility when I was playing. Now it's a, an everyday thing. I love test cricket. It is one of my favourite forms, particularly sitting on the embankment under a pahutakawa at the Basin <laughs> yeah. Reserve with a cold one. <laughs> and people say to me, you love test cricket that goes for five days and then may not have a result. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. It's a strange <laughs> thing, isn't it? But, I mean, I, the, you know, I watched, I grew up watching the West Indies in Australia, you know, Australia and, you know, all these great fast balls, Imran Khan and, you know, the romance of people and Richard Hadley and, you know, all those great wins that we did as a, as, a, as the Black Caps in those in the 80s era. Um, and it was all test match cricket, that was it, you know, and you, you got home and you watched for hours It was and it would just play in the background, you know, and, and it would sort of... Um, was part of your summer. There's going to be lots to talk about, I think, uh, in over the summer with cricket. Um, I mean, we've got Super Smash starting in a couple of weeks, which is really exciting. We've got Ford Trophy happening at the moment, and there's some uh, big things happening there as well, um, and the Halliburton Shield. Plus, of course, the White Ferns. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be um, a stacked domestic summer, isn't it? I think that, and that's, I think, for true cricket fans, actually, quite probably quite a nice thing. I think. One of the joys is to get along and watch some of that domestic cricket because there's some fantastic players that, um, coming through. Um, I think maybe just enjoying a bit of backyard cricket too. I've I've noticed my boys in in the in the backyard. It's all it's all on at the moment, and I'm just like, this is great. I'm back to the old tennis ball with the tape on it, and you know, I noticed that they quite often they being South Africans or Australians, and I'm the New Zealander, and I keep losing. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> oh well, maybe we need to get together and play some backyard cricket uh, with the podium team that would be great fun we can put you into bat but wrong-handed how about that just to give us a little bit of an advantage that's no worries though the new zealand women's cricket team the white ferns have their first of three t20 and one day international games against bangladesh at hagley oval on friday the tour is the first time home crowds will get to see the white ferns in action since the cricket world cup in march and while the world cup didn't go as planned they did bring home a bronze at the commonwealth games in birmingham in august this tour against bangladesh who appeared in their first cricket world cup this year goes around the country and of course there are some big names 
Sophie Devine, Susie Bates, and spin bowling wonderkind Mealy Kerr. Kia ora, Mealy. Welcome to the podium. Kia ora, Zoe. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's an exciting, exciting summer ahead. I'm looking forward to taking on Bangladesh. Yeah, bring it on. Before we uh, get to the tour on the show today, we've been talking about the state of cricket, and this seems the men are always on the go. But the women, this is the only tour for the White Ferns before the T20 World Cup in South Africa in February. So what's the state of cricket for you? Uh, it's been a hectic year for me personally. I think, um, I guess we've got this tour, which is going to be awesome prep, and then we have our Super Smash, which allows us all to play against each other at home, which I think is really important for us, um, and to have that time at home playing cricket also. But, yeah, it's been a hectic year after the Com Games. I was playing in the 100 um, over in England and then went to Antigua to play the West Indies and then I've been playing in Big Bash and I got home at home not long ago. So the last six months of the year has been non-stop, which is awesome to have these opportunities to play around the world. But it's been busy, but I'm very excited to get home to play for New Zealand. And for me, there's nothing better than that. And um I absolutely love it, so I'm very excited. I'll be there at the Basin Reserve next Sunday, the 11th. It should be a good game. What are the expectations for the team? And we're seeing a few new faces as well, aren't we? Been a bit of a change this last year for the White Ferns, and it's awesome to see Juice McFadden get an opportunity with the gloves. And I think she's worked bloody hard, so it's awesome to see that. And she's kept for Wellington for a long time and done a great job. Um but, yeah, I think for us, we, we want to win every game we play. And obviously that's what you want to do when you play sport. But I think we want to really put our foot down and, and score big scores and, and try and dominate this series. We know that Bangladesh are a quality side and, and probably a team that we don't haven't played much at all and don't have necessarily the amounts of footage that would have if we were playing Australia or South Africa or whoever it may be. So... It will be a new challenge, probably more spin again. But, yeah, we, we want to play well, and I guess it's about preparing for the World Cup and getting our best combinations together. Before I let you go, there was a really great story about you in the Sunday magazine and the Sunday Star Times last weekend. You spoke so openly and honestly about your mental health and well-being. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing really well. Um, yeah, as I said, it's been a long time away, and that comes with its struggles. But it's nice to be home, and I had good support around me. and. Uh, yeah, that article was written beautifully. Uh, the work I've done at the moment with um, treading water and I'm hope out of the rough, it's been amazing. So if you haven't seen it, please go check it out. Um, and yeah, it's something that I just want to help others with and I guess talk about because the stigma is that we don't. And if we can change that, we're going to help so many more people. Hey, producer Jono. Hello, Zoe. How are we? Good. So there's an update on the Blackfin stat attack cards you find in Weepix. Yeah, this is a great story that came out earlier this week about the fact that Sanitarium are now going to include the Blackferns and not just the All Blacks on these collectible cards. But now we've just learned that they're also going to be removing the weight category from the cards, including from the All Blacks. So it's not just a Black Ferns thing. They're taking it off all of the cards. Uh, I know, for one, I personally would not want my weight broadcast to the world on any form of publicly disseminated information. That's just a, that's a no from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely more Merlot or mmm pies than I am muscle. Mmm pies. <laughs> I, I still think we need to go and visit that bakery up north where Joe got his pies from during the World Cup. But we got a statement here from Sanitarium that says, let me put on my best newsreader voice, 
We are looking at a number of changes to the player details on the cards for 2023. The weight is not going to feature for either the All Blacks or the Black Ferns cards. We will finalise details next year and like to keep some elements of the game a surprise. We are working on a lineup of stats that will be positive and engaging across all the players. We will be working to ensure the cards are fun and encouraging for kids of all ages, whether they're playing the stat attack game or just collecting their heroes' cards. New Zealand Rugby, what have they said about this? They've said that um, NZR supports environments that make all our athletes feel comfortable and included and is currently consulting relevant stakeholders about the relevance of listing player weights. So I guess it just comes back to do we really need to know how much you know a front row weighs as opposed to a fullback? I mean, I think we can all see with our eyes they're different builds. We don't need to know the actual number. Yes, all bodies, all shapes. Shapes and sizes can play rugby regardless of what you weigh, um, although I much prefer sitting in the stands cheering on the black fence. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Give me a beer and a, a snarler and we're in business. 100%. And that's the podium. I'm Zoe George and on behalf of our guests this week, producer John O'Williams and Philippa Tolley and audio editor Connor Scott, thanks for listening. You can get in touch with us now. Email thepodium at stuff.co.nz. What would you like to see on the Stat Attack cards? We'll see you next Thursday. Until then, namihi, go well. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, what, rising child abuse no, numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. That, that, I think that it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. It, it, yeah, we're, I'm not worried about it at all. That's Nothing iffy in there. That on. sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.